Welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today we are joined by three guests. Our first guest is Tammy Rosario. Tammy is the Assistant Director of Community Development. Welcome, Tammy. Hello, thank you for having me. We're also joined by Rich Cross. Rich is the Chairman of the James City County Planning Commission and a member of the Community Participation Team. Welcome. Thank you, Renee. And finally, Vlad Gabrilovic. Vlad is the lead on the consultant team and principal with EPRPC in Charlottesville. Welcome. Thank you, Renee. This podcast is a little different. We are all socially distanced, and we are recording this over Zoom. And Vlad, you're in Charlottesville, right? I am in Charlottesville, working from home like everyone else. Okay. Tammy, could you remind us of what a comprehensive plan is and why we are updating it? A comprehensive plan is a long-term blueprint of the community's future, uh, particularly in terms of the physical development of the community, where we grow, where we don't grow, how we look, uh, how our environment, transportation, and our public facility will accommodate that. Um, It's a policy document that informs decisions keep the county on track for our vision of where we want to be as a community in 20 to 25 years. And that's where we get a bit of the engaged 2045, uh, where we get the 2045 portion in our, in our process name. We are required by state code to have a comprehensive plan and to review it every five years. And in James City County, we make a special effort to update it every time we review it Um, because we know that conditions have changed. Our population has grown. We've gotten new people into the community. There are different um, conditions on the ground, and we want to make sure that we have the most relevant plan uh, for our citizenry and that we can work toward that. I think it's important to know that updating the comprehensive plan isn't a quick process. It takes a little more than a month, right? It's a fairly long process as far as these go. Um, We typically do it in about two years' time. And the reason why it takes that amount of time is because we spend a significant portion of that uh, assessing, uh, planning, and listening to what citizens have to say and trying to respond to that in uh, the work that we're doing. And we go through you know, a portion of our process where we're thinking very big picture, uh, what is the community's vision, Uh, we're coming uh, down and getting a little more uh, finer grained as far as uh, once we have that vision, uh, what are we, um, what are the goals we're aspiring to to make that vision a reality. Uh, We are also assessing where we are chapter by chapter in our plan, updating statistics, uh, updating uh, trend information, and really refreshing every chapter to make sure that the actions uh, and policies that we create in the plan, lay out in the plan, match the community's vision and match uh, the goals that we've set for ourselves. Rich, you are very busy. You are chairman of the Planning Commission and you're on the community participation team. What does it mean to be on the community participation team? The community participation team is comprised of 10 people, 
Four of them are members of the Planning Commission and, and six are citizens from throughout the community. And that's a very uh, important component to make sure that uh, the citizens are represented. And there was an application process early on. Uh, citizens could volunteer to be a member of the community participation team. And that's how we came up with the, uh, the six private citizens and the four planning commissioners. Um, the primary role of the CPT is to um, sort of be in partnership with uh, both the, uh, the James City County staff members, particularly the planning and community development folks, but also with the planning commission itself. And uh, the role of the CPT is to uh, coordinate publicity efforts, um, uh, public meetings, uh, providing feedback to uh, the Planning Commission uh, and periodically through the, to the Board of Supervisors, and uh, just trying to collect as much citizen feedback as possible through a variety of, of different venues. And that's where um, early on in the process, uh, the, as a matter of fact, the first meeting of the, of the CPT, uh, or community participation team. They uh, worked on uh, several meetings, several objectives during the course of our, our tenure for this comprehensive plan. And um, important elements included uh, giving citizens the choice uh, of a variety of opportunities to engage in the planning process to be able to express their opinion as to where they think James City County should go during the next 25 years, uh, what their preferences are for development and so on and so forth. Another important component uh, the CPT felt uh, we needed to emphasize was to get a diversity of residential opinions. Uh, we didn't want to focus just on one group, one district. We wanted to get as broad brush uh, as possible of James City County. We want to provide educational opportunities so that uh, folks are aware of the importance of the comprehensive plan as well as events that take place uh, throughout this planning process, opportunities uh, for uh, the citizens to participate and so on and so forth. And then uh, finally, we also, with a little bit of competition in mind, we wanted to statistically uh, have greater representation uh, from the, by the citizens than teams from any of the previous comprehensive plans. So uh, our goal was to engage as many people as possible. And you know, I, I sort of look at the comprehensive plan as the citizens' plan for James City County. And um, it, it's, it's good. their input, citizen input, is going to have a huge effect on the direction that the county is going to go. And uh, that's why we feel it's so important to uh, not only provide as many different opportunities as possible to citizens, but, but also to uh, make sure that they're expressing their desires, everything from transportation needs to uh, economic needs to uh, development, population growth, and, and so on and so forth. So it, it is very important uh, for the citizens to participate as much as, as they possibly can. Rich, thank you for your service. Now, this is not your first time on the community participation team, right? No, it's not. I'm I'm a bit long in the tooth. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've actually uh, this is the third comprehensive plan 
that I've participated in uh, since uh, becoming a member of the Planning Commission uh, back in 2007. The last time we had a podcast on the Conference of Plan, you were getting ready for the Summit on the Future. How did the Summit go? You know, I have to say uh, that we're very blessed in James City County. Uh, one, that uh, we, the Board of Supervisors, uh, gave us some additional resources with this comprehensive plan uh, to have the support of our consultant team and that we had such an engaged group uh, as the community participation team uh, helping pull together uh, different ideas on how we might achieve those new levels of participation as uh, Rose mentioned. And so uh, it was very fun and exciting for me as a planner to embark on the Summit on the Future, which was a new way of us uh, trying to um, elicit comment from the community. We had uh, a simulcast presentation and live polling from six different sites throughout the community. Uh, one at main location at the county government complex, but five additional locations from each of the districts uh, throughout the community. And plus, people could participate from home uh, in online polling and listening to the presentation. And then we had different stations. Um, and so uh, we had, as it ended up, 185 participants participating uh, that night. Um, but then we had an additional 250 after that for the time period that we were open following that, that evening's event for a total of 441 participants. And more than just the number, um, because that's, a, that's the biggest number we've ever had um, in a single event for the comprehensive plan, um, more than that, we had a lot of different uh, community members participating. We uh, looked at our statistics and we had uh, older and younger portions of our population represented. We had a good distribution of male and female, good geographical distribution. And it was very interesting to attract uh, that we attracted people who were new to the planning process, not just people who've uh, been involved in comprehensive plans before, but new voices. I think we'll need to work on getting more minority participation, uh, but we were very excited to hear uh, what people thought about um, the community moving forward. Of course, COVID-19 was not an issue at the time, but you all have kind of started us down the path of virtual meetings ahead of time. You're trailblazers, I think we could say. Yes, it certainly uh, gave us a good foundation for pivoting, uh, the pivoting that we've had to do since COVID and uh, thinking creatively about how we're going to keep the momentum going, uh, but keep everyone safe at the same time. So Rich, did the meeting meet the community participation's team's objectives? I, I think it did very well. And um, in addition to the, the point that Tammy made about this was the largest citizen participation event uh, that we've had for a, a comprehensive plan. It also, I, I think, uh, provided the educational opportunity for people who either showed up in person or uh, did, uh, did the, the additional research online afterwards. And uh, it, it allowed people to discuss the priorities that they have for James City County, uh, what their concerns were, and um, 
and and just um, talk about the future our future development process and and there were a number of stations there were I think five different stations and one of them involved uh, photographs of various types of development uh, you know higher density development lower density more open space and so on and so forth and so the 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 participants had the opportunity to visually uh, identify where they thought the the county should be in 25 years uh, and also provide open-ended comments and um, there were five themes that really came out of the fall uh, citizen engagement culminating uh, in the uh, the forum and the first was nature uh, it was very important that the, the citizens felt that uh, the natural environment was an extremely uh, valued component of James City County they want to protect nature uh, as much as possible from the uh, adverse impacts of, of development uh, a second theme that came out was community character the fact that uh, rural spaces are highly valued and uh, there are some unique uh, population centers in James City County, like rural Toronto, which is where I live. Um, there was also uh, concern about uh, limiting development outside of the public service area where water and, and utilities are provided. Uh, affordable housing was, was a very important uh, aspect that uh, the, the citizens felt that we needed to have affordable workforce housing. We need to... Um, make sure that uh, the, the housing is, is available for all income levels, um, but not at the expense of community character. In other words, you can have tasteful, well-designed uh, neighborhoods that are also affordable. The third component was economic development to uh, the, uh, an effort to try to recruit businesses uh, with uh, higher paying jobs to make the community more economically resilient during some of the difficult economic times that we've experienced and then finally the quality of life it's very important to citizens to have the amenities uh, like parks and recreational facil facilities uh, biking and hiking trails and so on and so forth so all of those um, themes were very valuable and they're going to help frame uh, the recommendations that that we develop uh, moving forward what new things have happened since November? Since the start of the new year, one of the, the most important, I think, um, opportunities for citizens was our May 4th listening forum. And that had to be adjusted because of uh, the COVID pandemic. And, and we were originally planning to hold this event in, in March, but we made it uh, on May 4th. And it provided an opportunity. There were about 11 uh, groups within the community who um, ch uh, took advantage of the opportunity to talk about their individual organizations going over who they were, what their mission was, what their concerns were about the county and where they uh, what they thought some of the priorities would be and and it was a, a fairly diverse uh, group of presenters we had the the soil and water uh, conservation group we had uh, the Christian outreach folks we had the Tuano Historical Society we had the um, uh, Virginia Land Conservancy and, and so on and so forth so so we had a good cross-section of groups within the community uh, six of them chose to actually make presentations involving media and five of them chose to provide uh, written comments uh, 
expressing their desires and their goals. So uh, it, from me, for me personally, I think it was a, it's always a very valuable process because you get to learn more about uh, some of the groups in the community and hear what their concerns are. And um, I'll, I'll now turn it over to Vlad uh, for any additional comments you might have on that. Sure, thanks Rich. Well, the other thing that's been going on since November is what we call the planning team, which is a consultant team and the county staff has been hard at work on building scenario models. Uh, scenarios are a new way of doing comprehensive planning. As we say, this is not yesterday's or your average comprehensive plan. We're, we're actually doing some uh, computer modeling of potential alternative futures for the county. And we have been using the input we got from the public, from the listening forums, from the November forum to uh, build some alternative futures of what the county could look like in 25 years. Um, and we can talk more about that, but it's really an exciting part of this conference of plan that the county has not had uh, this capability, this opportunity before. And I think the other exciting thing that's happened since November um, from a staff perspective is that we were successful in applying for and receiving a $42,000 grant from Virginia Housing Development Authority uh, to extend the use of MetroQuest. Uh, that is the online engagement platform that we tried out in our first round of engagement. And uh, this has extended the opportunity for us to use the same sort of visually rich, um, very interactive platform with community members uh, to get their input online uh, for this round and the round in the future. And we had no idea that we would be so reliant upon our, our virtual opportunities uh, in the same age, but uh, what, a, what a great uh, opportunity that's been extended to us. And um, we're looking forward to seeing what the citizens think of that and what they tell us uh, through that platform. Vlad, let's go back to the scenario modeling. Has that been used in other communities? It has. Uh, scenario planning, uh, which is basically uh, envisioning alternative futures and, and testing them with computer models, is uh, an emerging field, but it's definitely been used in other comprehensive plans. Uh, it comes out of really uh, military and corporate planning uh, to kind of prepare for the future and test alternative options and how we might respond to those futures. Um, but this is something that we've done in other counties and we were excited um, in this particular instance because we have, uh, as the county has set the stage, really a, an integrated suite of models, uh, computer models to look at the future. So all this really comes back to the 2016 County Strategic Plan, uh, where the County Board of Supervisors really set the stage for this planning. They called for a new comprehensive plan update. They called for better information and data about uh, things like land use, transportation, and especially fiscal impact, kind of our fiscal future uh, for the county. So we were able to build this integrated suite of models, transportation, land use, fiscal, and use it to test out uh, what we're testing right now is, is two potential futures for the county that really come from the public input that we heard. And the two uh, sort of scenarios or, or potential futures for the county are one is a continuation of the current trends 
uh, current policies, the current trends of land use and development. And the other is really an alternative future based much more on what we heard from the public. So those five themes that Rich talked about uh, for land use, for uh, affordable housing, for um, community character, environmental protection, quality of life, things like that. We're testing out what would the county look like and how would it perform from a uh, computer modeling standpoint if that alternative future happened versus if the current trends continue. And we're just about done with that. What we're doing is uh, building that into a presentation that will be the next round of public engagement, which is called the Assembly on Future Alternatives. That will be on August 10th. Uh, we can talk more about that and, and kind of uh, the, the opportunities people will have for engaging in that. But to kind of get a preview of what the scenarios, uh, scenario planning process is, uh, the county has prepared a video. Um, and the way I find it is I, I look for Engage 2045 on YouTube. And you just put that into the search field and you get that video as well as a video of the overall Engage 2045 process. Um, and that kind of tells you that some of the ins and outs of how these scenarios are built, how public input was used to, to kind of uh, create these alternative futures. And most importantly, uh, we want people to join on August 10th, we'll share the information on that, but that will be where you get a preview of, uh, or that will be where we will share basically the results of this testing and see how these two alternative futures could look like from the standpoint of transportation, land use, and economics, the, the kind of fiscal future of the county. So it's a very exciting opportunity to kind of uh, look into this crystal ball a little bit and see how the county could perhaps uh, evolve in 25 years and two alternative futures. You get to choose your own destiny a little bit. We want to hear from the public on, on which of these futures you prefer and why in particular. And uh, just to also reinforce what Tammy said, we also have this exciting kind of interactive engagement way of looking at these scenarios, particularly useful in these times of COVID and quarantine, because it's a very rich uh, interactive platform called MetroQuest online where people can see maps, uh, charts, photos, envisioning basically how these two alternative futures could look, and then they can vote on their results and their preferences. Tammy, could you give us a little bit of detail about what's going to happen on August 10th? Certainly. Uh, we are going to have a live broadcast uh, from the boardroom uh, for all the viewing public at home, whether they uh, be coming in through uh, Channel 48, um, the James City County TV uh, Cox cable channel, or checking uh, this presentation out on YouTube. As Vlad mentioned, uh, they just type in age 2045, and uh, that's an easy way to get to the meeting. Uh, we will also be live on Facebook uh, so that Vlad and uh, Leanne King and myself, uh, we will be uh, sharing this information with citizens at 6.30 p.m. And we will also have a live question and answer period uh, so that people can get their questions answered and uh, we'll post those online afterwards. But the really important thing is uh, once people feel 
that they have the information uh, from that presentation, from that live question and answer period, that they feel informed to uh, fill out our online questionnaires. Uh, one will be about uh, what are the goals for the community moving forward? Uh, what, how should they change? What should they be? Should we add new ones? And as Vlad mentioned, um, also really telling us in greater detail how they feel about those two scenarios, those two alternative futures, um, what components, what aspects they like about each one, what they don't like, and ultimately which one they prefer. And so we'll uh, have that event live, uh, and people can do it that evening. But if folks don't get to capture it or catch the presentation that evening or complete the questionnaires, we will have it open for about three weeks. And all of the information will be online, and we'll continue to collect data until September 2nd. Rich, what do you think about this as a member of the community? Well, I, I think uh, it's provided some some really unique opportunities. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of similarities in the uh, COVID environment with our public engagement, um, a lot of similarities with how we did it when uh, people were allowed to congregate and, and, and join together and, and that sort of thing. And those similarities are that uh, there were presentations, there were opportunities for uh, the citizens to express their preferences through voting, uh, through written comments, and so on and so forth. And so um, th those elements still exist in, in how we're, we're going about a business now. But in, in some respects, it's um, also a, a little more comfortable for people in that they can uh, do all this um, you know, from their home or through using various types of media and, and still have their voice heard. So I think you know, sometimes hardship provides opportunities and so we've been able to explore the new technology while still um, meeting the, the goals that the community participation team set way back when uh, during our first meeting. And so you know, that was to try and engage as many citizens as possible and to be transparent and to provide the, uh, those opportunities for them to be heard. So, um, I, I think this has been a very exciting process, and I, I must say that uh, I want to hand it to Tammy and Vlad for um, their flexibility as well. They've been extremely creative in, in developing the workarounds, the ways to uh, meet the objectives uh, within the limitations that we have. So it really has been uh, quite a team effort all the way around. Vlad, you're going to collect all of this information. What are you going to do with it? Good question. So uh, we will get uh, all the information from the surveys. It's not only the MetroQuest survey on the alternative futures, but there's another survey on what people feel about the current goals uh, and policies of the comprehensive plan and how we may shape those in the future. Uh, we'll take all these in the fall and we're going to use the, the input that we receive to shape the new comprehensive plan. And an important kind of um, uh, distinction here, I mean, there's a lot of data that we're gonna be using, but we always say this is not a data-driven process, it's a data-guided process. So it's not that when we have a preferred future scenario that automatically becomes the new comprehensive plan, that the input that we got from the scenario planning and the computer models 
is going to be used to refine the goals and policies and strategies and actions for the future. Uh, so it really builds a new kind of policy framework for the next 25 years for the county. And out of that, you get the, uh, the writing, the definition of the whole new comprehensive plan. So all the chapters on affordable housing and parks and recreation, environment, economic development, things like that. Um, so really this will inform what the public say about these scenarios will inform kind of this new generation of comprehensive plans. And one important additional benefit of the computer modeling, if you will, is that when we have this new comprehensive plan, we're going to build that into each of these computer models uh, and do what we call leave behind models for the county. So after the consultants are done with this process, the county will have this integrated set of models to do more of their day-to-day -day planning. Uh, and to make sure that whatever we plan for, whether the county plans for, aligns with the budgets. So schools, parks, fire stations are planned for and built in a more fiscally responsible way because you can foresee kind of a 20, 25 year outlook on how we might grow and uh, use those facilities and make sure that they're located and planned for in a most fiscally efficient way, I guess. Um, so that's really one of the benefits uh, of this process is having that data and having these models for ongoing planning, not just for a one-time use of this comprehensive plan. What's next in the process? Certainly a lot of effort is uh, going into this event, uh, the Exploring Our Future Alternatives Assembly on August 10th, and the collection of data over the open time period through September 2nd. But it'll be a very busy time following that where the community participation team and the planning team uh, is analyzing all of the citizen input and theming it and understanding what it means so that we can share it with staff and the consultants uh, for you know, guidance in uh, reviewing each chapter. And also so that we can share it with the planning commission working group and the board of supervisors um, as we have check-ins with them and they give us specific guidance about the chapters of the plan. Uh, we'll also use that community input to uh, help us understand uh, what the preferred alternative future is for the community and we'll also be shaping up some questions to ask the public in the winter uh, regarding specific actions we might or initiatives that we might undertake uh, to achieve the vision. So that is the public engagement track of this plan. It will continue from this event through the fall into the winter. <clears throat> On a separate track, we are doing the technical work um, required to really refresh and update our comprehensive plan, as I mentioned, chapter by chapter. So uh, starting in September, we will be holding meetings to present our um, environment chapter, our uh, demographics information, our um, housing section, our economic development section, our land use section, and really um, trying to make sure that those in whole uh, represent the vision of the community and are tracking toward uh, uh, you know, 
the different goals, strategies, and actions necessary to, to implement that vision. That work will continue from September all the way uh, through the spring as we look to draft the plan and get it in front of the Planning Commission and Board of Supervisors for adoption uh, later in 2021. Tammy, you had mentioned the Planning Commission Working Group. Rich, I imagine you are involved with that group. I am. The Planning Commission Working Group uh, is comprised of the seven members of the Planning Commission plus the chairman of the community participation team. And so that's the next stage in the process after, after the CPT um, is finished with their data gathering and facilitating meetings and so on and so forth. Then the Planning Commission Working Group uh, gets into uh, the details that, that Tammy was talking about, reviewing the contents of the individual chapters and, and uh, helping to develop the goals, strategies, and actions that we're going to recommend to the Board of Supervisors. So that's, that's a, a next major stage in the comprehensive plan process. So August 10th is the day. Tammy, could you go over how people can access the assembly? Certainly. Uh, on August 10th at 6.30 p.m., people can tune into JCC TV Cox Cable Channel 48. They can go onto the county's YouTube channel, uh, or they can go onto Facebook Live and uh, watch the meeting uh, progress. They can participate in uh, live Q&A through Facebook Live, and um, everyone can also access our presentation and our online questionnaires um, after the event uh, on jamescitycountyva.gov slash engage 24-5. That will be open through September 2nd. And one thing I wanted to mention, um, we realize that not everyone has um, computer access uh, and we want to ensure that everyone has a chance to participate. So if anyone needs uh, paper questionnaires, or we can even facilitate uh, getting computer or internet access, to so please call the planning division at 757-253-6685. We're partnering with Williamsburg Regional Library, and uh, we also have resources within uh, the James City County organization to try and help each person uh, gain access uh, to the information they need to give us input at this stage of the development of the plan. Tammy, where can people go for more information about the comprehensive plan? One great resource is our website that we have developed for the comprehensive plan update. And the name of our update process is Engage 2045. And um, you know, if, if someone is struggling to remember our URL, uh, as Vlad said, you can type in Engage 2045, James County, and any Google search engine, and it usually comes up as the first option. But I'll uh, say our website again is jamescitycountyva.gov slash engage2045. And there we have all of the um, results of our public input engagement opportunities so far. We have information about the new ones coming up. We will be posting um, all the information, as I mentioned, about reviewing each chapter and what were policies and directions we're exploring for each of those. And we have a lot of good background information uh, where people can watch a video on what scenario planning means or uh, 
just understand what our timeline is. So we really hope people use that as a resource. Any final thoughts from anyone? No, this is Rich. Again, it's been it's been a pleasure uh, to work with the consultant team and and with the staff, and it's it's uh, been very encouraging to see the citizen participation uh, in this effort, despite economic conditions, uh, a pandemic, and and assorted other uh, hurdles that everybody had to get over. So uh, very rewarding, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the final version looks like. It's going to be exciting. Thanks, Rich. So the important date to remember is August 10th. Go to our county website or Google Engage 2045, and you will learn all you want to know about the county's comprehensive plan. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you, Vlad. My pleasure. Thanks. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please visit our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our previous episodes as well as a form where you can give us show ideas, feedback. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much, and we will talk with you next week.